Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to the second series of the Olive Magazine Vegan Podcast. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each week I'll be joined by an expert to take a dive into a specialist plant-based subject. This week, I'm learning how to make favourite cakes and bakes vegan using some inventive ingredients. Okay, I'm delighted today to welcome Tom Adams to the podcast, also known as Project Vegan Bacon on Instagram. Um, He's a plant-based recipe creator, a really amazing photographer, and um, the owner of a beautiful blog called Project Vegan Bacon as well. Um, Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, first of all, I was going to ask you, what what, what are the most popular, because um, obviously your speciality is taking baking recipes that we know and love and veganizing them. What are the most popular things that you've put up on your um, website and Instagram that people really go mad for? I think it's, um, it's, it's sort of... Uh, two-part answer I think people gravitate towards um home baker friendly stuff so you know anybody who sort of doesn't have the tools necessarily or really niche ingredients so sometimes it's you know the perfect easy vegan chocolate cake people love that or um you know sort of simple cookie variations but then on the flip side there's people that know their way around a kitchen and are just looking for quite advanced versions of bakes, but vegan. So, you know, uh, lemon meringue pie is actually quite challenging. Um, I've made macarons. People love vegan macarons. And I think a lot of people out in the world are looking for innovative ways to do sort of patisserie uh, and desserts. So yeah, really it's, and all the sort of ones that fall somewhere in the middle are less popular because I think there's just such a demand in those two directions that you really see sort of the traffic come from those. Yeah, so you've got from the beginner who just wants to be able to use whatever's in their kitchen or nothing weird to the sort of advanced cook who's happy to go online and um, order all of those extra ingredients that, you know, might seem a bit like um, we were saying to Richard last week, like a bit of a science project sometimes. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm familiar with uh, Richard's work and I remember reading a couple of his recipes and he always makes the joke that, you know, this recipe you'll need tears of a mermaid, you know, flour found from the Himalayan mountains, you know, and it is is so true because sometimes you really, to make something vegan, you have to think wildly outside the box and, um, you know, it's a lot of fun, but, you know, it's, uh, it's not for everybody on the sort of more challenging end. What are the biggest challenges when you're sort of trying to create a vegan vegan bake? I think that um, the, the most challenging aspect is that um, traditional baking, which often includes eggs, dairy, gelatin, has hundreds of history of literature to support it. There's people who don't who are no longer alive, you know, generations old that have experimented with many, many variations. And it means we're slightly handicapped because although there are some um, chefs in the past that were plant-based or uh, were cooking gluten-free, it was far less recognized and people were sort of just using what was available, which was often eggs and dairy. Um, so we we always struggle a bit to come up with ingredients um, to replicate, you know, all that expertise and that's you know means you sometimes end up using things like agar powder which is um derivative of uh seaweed and it you know it's madness really if you think about the, the places we're going to find it but then in in some ways using eggs is a little bit mad who was the first person to you know see it see an egg and think well that's going to work perfect in a cake um so so yeah i, I find that's kind of maybe sort of, sort of like a uh, high level challenge rather than the sort of specific, you know, recipe challenge. Um, but yeah, definitely that. Whenever I ask people what they're looking for, I get hundreds of people asking me to make vegan shoe pastry. And I tell them every time it's it's the holy grail of vegan baking. And it's been done, it is being done, but by often trained chefs who offer courses on it, you know, for thousands of pounds. So feel free to <laughs> to check them out if you'd like. So have have you cracked that shoe shoe pastry recipe yet then? No. I I've attempted shoe pastry about 12 times. I've bought books from, you know, French chefs that's written in French that I've translated at home in my kitchen to see what they have to say about it. It can be done. It's just shoe is not just using eggs. It is eggs. Shoe, the way shoe behaves and the way it expands in the oven, the way it's used, it is it is just eggs. Obviously, there's flour and sugar and uh, really minimal other other bits. But to to um, emulate what the eggs do is such a challenge because everything that the eggs everything that eggs can do in a recipe they do in shoe pastry they firm up when they they cook and that happens in shoe they expand and create protein structures they provide taste richness color shoe requires all of that and so it is the number one challenge in vegan baking but i can taste the solution on the horizon and i see rumblings of people cracking it so uh, give me a call in a year's time or or three years time and maybe we'll have it. <laughs> That's a long-term project. What, what would you say are the, the main challenges of um, replicating bakes in a vegan plant-based style? Well, yeah, funny we should mention shoe because it's eggs. Eggs are the number one. You know, we we have for the, for the other um, ingredients that aren't vegan, you know, we have dairy, um, which includes butter. Um, we have... Um, 
uh, gelatin, you know, using animal products. We, we have equivalents for those. You know, there is very effective vegan gelatins that you see even in commercial products these days in, in gummy sweets. Um, and so those, those are all wonderful and they're, they're working perfectly. It's just eggs do so many things. And so you have to get very inventive to replace eggs in a recipe. And um, that is always the first question when I, when I veganize a recipe. Does it include eggs? Um, what are the eggs doing? And what, can, what should I focus on that the eggs are doing that's most important, whether it's providing flavor, providing a, a setting agent or an emulsifier. Um, so yeah, def- definitely that. And do you, do you feel like you're slightly at the um, almost cutting edge of the experimenting with baking thing? Because you are, because you've zoned down into one particular discipline, which is all about baking. You're kind of constantly just pushing that, pushing these recipes. What is most interesting is that in vegan baking, naturally, you are narrowing down the number of ingredients you can use from a, a massive pool to a much smaller pool. And you think, does that reduce the creativity and, and the optionality of what's available? And from the books you have in the recipes available online, yes. But it sparks such a creativity because you think, well, if I want to create something and it's not yet been done, then I'm going to try it. And I'm going to try it at home using the tools that I have and create a whole chemistry set if I have to, to, to get a result. Um, and yeah, and so it, I find that, um, maybe this sounds slightly big headed, but when I'm trying things, I can't see anywhere online where it's being done before. And, you know, with, like I said, vegan shoe pastry, there is no standardized recipe that you can see online. There is no Mary Berry signature vegan shoe. It doesn't exist. And nobody up until recently, nobody has ever really talked about it or attempted it. So yeah, it's, it is, it's all new. It's all happening now. And it's an exciting time to be in the sort of, um, the vegan plant-based community specifically for desserts and um and baking and how often would you say that you would you would experiment with a a recipe how often would you test it to get it right i would say always at least two or three times i think that 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 sort of is a fail safe on the off chance that you were just you had beginner's luck um you know the conditions on the day were particularly favorable um so always two or three times even for the most simple um recipes I think for the more advanced stuff, it, there is no limit. I have recipes that are typed up on my computer that I've been working on for years. And it's just that thing where you you get sick of something where if you try it too many times and you burn it too many times. So, you you know, I'll, I'll come back to things with fresh eyes and be re-inspired. Um, and yeah, so yeah, anywhere from two or three times to 5,000 times if it, if it needs to, if it needs it. <laughs> Let's talk about creating those recipes then. Can you give us some of your your hero ingredients that you use in your baking? Absolutely, yeah. I would say that obviously aquafaba is one that gets mentioned a lot. And um, I love making meringue. It's my favorite thing to make. And um, the, apart from it tasting great and it being fun to work with, it's the best thing to clean up because sugar just dissolves and so you put everything in the sink and you turn the tap on and every uh crime you committed in the mixing bowl is just suddenly washed away um uh another ingredient is um silken tofu i love working um with it it it's a curious ingredient that you can find in most supermarkets at least in the uk and it does um an exceptional job replicating the sort of mass of cooked eggs 
So it works really well in flans. Um, also can be used in chocolate mousse, you know, for a, a silky kind of set chocolate mousse. It's sort of in the name, silken tofu. Um, and I'd say the one that also you hear a lot is the use of flax eggs, um, which some people don't like because um, you can sometimes see the, the flax in if you sort of doing a vanilla cake. But I love using it in things like carrot cake because flax is earthy and nutty. And so it sort of adds to the, the flavor profile rather than sort of distracting and it and it works because you you crush up the the seeds and um, mix it with hot water and it becomes really gelatinous and gloopy, kind of like you know raw egg. And then when it bakes, it stiffens and so it provides wonderful emulsifying properties that you're sort of looking to replicate when you're substituting eggs. And yeah, those are great. Um, I know we're going to talk about aquafaba a bit more in the bonus episode when we talk about your um, perfect lemon meringue pie. But can we just chat a little bit about this? Because you're a bit of an aquafaba nerd. Can I say nerd? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can. Um, you're a bit of an aquafaba expert, aren't you? Tell, tell us a bit more about your... You, you're not just opening a tin of chickpeas and pouring out the liquid. You're doing other things with this. My baking journey started trying to make vegan macarons. And that is the art of making a vegan meringue with aquafaba. Um, and so it t- to really be able to nail it really required me to understand what aquafaba was and where it comes from and how to make it and best utilize it. And yeah, and so I um I know a lot about it and it's um yeah, it's just brine from from chickpeas. You can you can make your own or you can use the brine that you find in cans of chickpeas. But yeah, it's a, it's a great ingredient, but essentially it is just water with a small amount of protein from the chickpeas in it. Um and that gives the um the ability of the aquafaba to whip up, to include air in it and to lock air into the, the liquid so you can create meringues and the small amount of protein gives it strength to stay as a meringue and you can obviously make pavlovas, you can make macarons, you can make souffles. I have a, a souffle recipe, which is quite a challenge. Um, but yeah, it's great. And I would I could talk all day about it if you, <laughs> if you wanted to, but I think we have a few other things to squeeze in. But you, um, j- just briefly though, one one thing I've I read on your website is you actually reduce it, which I which is a technique I've never come across before. Can you just talk briefly about that? Yeah. So, um, essentially, reducing it is just extracting out some of the water from it because it is just water, um, and so we we sort of want to make the the mixture as potent as possible because if you imagine putting an egg white into a stand mixer and then putting in a cup of water you can imagine it would struggle to whip up because the water, it would be the, the majority of the liquid there and therefore the egg white, the proteins in it would just sort of struggle to, to keep that lattice of air. And so by reducing it, you're sort of getting as close to an egg white as possible. You, you sort of want it to be thick and viscous. Um, and that way, it yeah, it really can replicate amazingly egg whites. Um and and yeah, and it's and it's almost a, an insurance as well because sometimes you can just use aquafaba and it's ready to go straight from a can. But it, if you reduce a small amount of the liquid, you almost can't go wrong. You can't make it too potent. There's no such thing as well, it would eventually just evaporate completely if you took it too far. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a great trick to sort of get to where you need it to be for baking. Finally, can we just have a quick chat about about vegan trends? Um, I've been asking everyone on this series, you know 
what they're interested in, what they can see coming up, what they can see bubbling up in the future for the end of this year in 2022? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would say that um, a big change we've seen recently is access to um, more advanced egg replacers. So you, you've seen a few um, egg white replacers and egg yolk replacers. So there's now ingredients that you can use for to make scrambled eggs. Um, I've seen some people have success using um, the egg replace, the liquid egg replacers for things like shoe pastry or making Yorkshire puddings, which I think is really cool. Um, I've had a few attempts over the past year or so, um, a couple sort of mixed results with Yorkshire puddings. Um, but, you know, I think over the next year or so, I think we'll see more people putting out different versions of those and people trying it. And then we'll, we'll probably fall in love with certain um certain brands that work particularly well. I think some something always to keep an eye on is that um, there are a lot of people pushing out, obviously veganism is growing. And so therefore, I think a lot of the big companies are putting out vegan versions of, you know, classic sweets, chocolates, uh, biscuits, cookies. Um, and maybe we'll reach a point where uh, my hobby will sort of be rendered useless because I won't need to post a vegan tiramisu recipe because you can just buy it from Tesco or whatever. Um, so yeah, um, maybe, I don't know if that's a trend. Maybe it's just me being, me having wishful thinking, but um, something something definitely to keep an eye on. Thanks so much for coming to chat to us today, Tom. Um, brilliant tips there. And we're going to be recording a separate bonus episode where we'll take a deep dive into your gorgeous lemon meringue pie and we can talk more about aquafaba your pet subject but thanks again for coming to chat to us today thanks for having me it's been wonderful thanks for listening to the olive magazine podcast for more information on things we talked about in this episode and to check out our back catalogue of over 200 episodes head to olivemagazine.com 